0: Good to see you. Uh, it's great to be here at Bexley North today. At uh, This time last year I uh, shared my plans to uh, come and preach at Bexley North more, uh, more often and that went well for the first three months of the year. Uh, and then around March we farewelled Mike, one of our assistant ministers uh, at Carlton and the best laid plans went wrong, but that's okay. It is my hope to uh, structure the preaching program next year so that I can be at Bexley North more often so uh, you can decide if that's a good thing or not but uh, I'm here today this evening because uh, every November I like to go to all the congregations uh, and I like to do three things uh, once a year Uh, that is first of all remind us what we're on about as a church but in particular as the church gathered here in the St George area Uh, then secondly just to share something about what God has been doing over the last 12 months and then thirdly Uh, just share some plans for the next 12 months and that's what we're doing today. So uh, why don't I pray as we begin. Heavenly Father we thank you for our fellowship here, we thank you for what a joy it is that we can meet together week in week out as your people Uh, but Father we thank you also that we're part of this wider fellowship that is St George North. Uh, We thank you for the way uh, we can be a part of that and support that as well as reap the benefits of that fellowship. But Father help us now as we uh, turn to your word and turn to thinking about your church here that uh, this time will be an encouragement to us but also a challenge and we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. A few weeks ago we had our uh, fourth welcome afternoon tea of the year Uh, and sometimes those afternoon teas I host them at my house Sometimes we have about uh, 20 new people come and join us. Sometimes it's three or four. It's different every time. Uh, But I always tell people at those gatherings, those afternoon teas, that they are my favourite times of the year. Uh, And uh, even though I'm sometimes prone to exaggeration, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Uh, They're my favourite things because, firstly, we're welcoming new people into our church. And that's always a good thing, uh, especially when they're people who've come to know Jesus. As their Lord and Saviour, because in the end, that's the wonderful thing. Uh, but more than that, the other reason I love them is I get to talk about what our church is about. Uh, and in fact, Josh is going to be hosting. A, a one of, we're going to have one of our welcome afternoon teas up here at Bexley North uh, at the start of next year. So if you've never been to a, uh, one of those welcome afternoon teas, even if you've been here for a thousand years, uh, come to that one. Just we wanted to make it uh, even more welcoming for people uh, at Bexley North. But when I talk about those afternoon teas, about what we're on about as a church, often uh, if you'll excuse this word, the old timers who are there uh, come up to me afterwards and just say that was great to just be reminded of the key things, just be reminded uh, of what we're on about as a church because it's really easy to get distracted uh, and forget why this exists, why St George North exists, why this congregation at Bexley North exists and if I can get distracted, and I'm the senior minister, you can get distracted. So basically that's what I'm doing uh, this week and next week I'm doing it at the Carlton Congregations, I'm basically doing a welcome afternoon tea for everyone in the church to get us all up to speed. Now our vision uh, as a church, our vision statement is not groundbreaking, it's not even really that specific to what we do at Bexley or Bexley North or Carlton, uh, it really just tries to capture what we think the Bible desires for any church Uh, what any of God's churches should look like and so the heart of what God desires for us is that we be on about glorifying God and I want to say to you that is why you exist as an individual first of all. Uh, You know when people ask what's my reason for being, I don't have a reason, well no everyone has a reason, the reason every human being is made is for God's glory. So do you remember back at the beginning of the year we studied the book of Romans together Uh, In fact, I think I came and preached on the book of Romans at one point up here at Bexley North. And in Romans chapters 1 and 2, it tells us actually the essence of sin is to exist in God's world, but not give him the glory, but not give thanks to God, but not give glory to God, because that is what you're designed for. Uh, And so when God saves us, which is what the book of Romans is all about, it's then so that we might be what we're meant to be. And do what we're meant to do. We are saved so that we might glorify God. But God's glory is not just our individual reason for being, uh, it's also why we exist as a church. And in fact, I want to say to you, you cannot actually glorify God if you are not a part of the people of God. It's sort of an unpopular thing to say because we live in an individualistic world. But in fact, the way we glorify God is by coming and being a part of his people and then we glorify him together. Uh, So you cannot glorify God as an individual if you are not connected to the body of Christ, to the people of God. So the reason God has saved a people for his very own, the reason he calls us together as his family, is to bring glory to him. I always love it when I see Christians have what they call a Copernican revolution. I'm not very good at science, but I think Copernicus was the guy who who said, uh, who discovered and made known that the earth revolves around the sun not the sun around the earth is that right science people a few people nodded at me so that's good I haven't got that wrong so well I love it when you see that revolution in Christians when they realize it's not all about me I'm it's actually all about God it's not all about me getting further in my job It's not all about me getting further in my life, me having my needs met, and me fitting in God and fitting in church around the rest of my life. It's this wonderful moment. Sometimes it happens the day someone becomes a Christian. Sometimes it takes a while for them to work this out where we realise actually I'm here to glorify God, he's not here to meet my needs and we stop thinking of ourselves at the centre of our universe and instead we see that it's God's glory that matters. That's why we exist. You know, Old Testament reading before, it'll come up on the screen, just making it easy for you today. You know, Old Testament reading from Isaiah, uh, God prophesied about bringing together a people from all over the world. Look at what he says, Isaiah 43, verse 6. He says, Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone called by my name and created for my glory. You see, that was first of all true of Israel, the, the Old Testament people of God, but it's also true of the church. That's who it's actually prophesying about. We are the sons and daughters of God, created, gathered together to live for the glory of God. Look at how Peter talks about how a Christian should live. It'll come up on the screen, One Peter chapter four, verse 11. It says, "If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength God provides. So that. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That's why we exist as individuals. It's why St. George North exists. It's why this congregation at 4 30 on a Sunday afternoon exists. And so in your life, when you work, when you play, when you sleep, when you whatever, whatever we do, we aim to bring glory to God in what we do and how we do it. But most fundamentally, We bring glory to God by responding to Jesus the way he wants us to, by trusting in him, living our lives for him and as a church by then doing the things he wants us to do as a church. And so our mission statement attempts to crystallize the thing God wants us to do for his glory into three areas and the first is, it'll come on the screen, we glorify God by proclaiming Jesus. The book of 1 Peter again given this incredible picture of what we are as the church look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says but you so about you us together are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his possession I call that the great hidden reality of the church just look around you now at this little group of people here on a Sunday afternoon at 4.30 and you might look around and think this is a really average group of people. I think it's an exceptional group of people but but in the world's way of thinking an average group of people, uh, not that different to any other group. If anything we often see the faults more when we look around our church family because in our world we don't often get together with people that are different to us. But the church brings together people from all sorts of different backgrounds, all different uh, ways of thinking. So you choose your friends by what you have in common, not the church. The only thing we have in common is the Lord Jesus. But so we look around, and we see this ordinary body of people. God looks at it and says, this is my prized possession. God says, this is actually my most prized possession, not just this gathering, but also the gathering that met this morning at 10 o'clock, the gathering meeting at Carlton in an hour or two, and the gathering meeting in all sorts of other churches, all over the place, any place that gathers in the name of Jesus, God looks and says, that's what you are. You are a chosen race. No, go back, go back, keep going. Yeah, that's it. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for my possession. But, he says, I've pulled you together for a reason. And look at what it says. It says, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Why has God chosen you? Why has God redeemed you? Why has God gathered you to be a part of his family? So that together with everyone else here, we might declare his praises. To put it another way, so that we might glorify God by proclaiming Jesus. That's why we exist. And in a way, who we proclaim Jesus to doesn't matter. See, see we, we proclaim Jesus to one another every time we meet when we remind each other of the gospel, and that's wonderful. We, we proclaim, actually, God's glory to him when we sing his praises and when we, we declare truths about him. But most importantly, we declare God's praises to the world. We proclaim Jesus to the world. We tell anyone who will listen what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Had the big day out earlier in the year. Uh, I shared how amazing it was that in 2022—that seems a long time ago, but that's only last year. In 2022, you're giving away my uh, my slides. There are you go. Go back one. Go back one. Uh, that's all right. Oh no, it's Simon. Simon's on. There you go. Uh, at twenty in 2022. I shared how amazing it was that 64 guests had come to the life course in 2022. Absolutely amazing. And I shared at that time, I've been here 20 years, we've never seen that many non-Christian guests come to to hear the gospel across our church in a year before. Absolutely amazing. Uh, And we met a couple who'd become Christians. So now we'll go to that slide. Thanks, Simon. Uh, And I want to remind you, we met a young lady, Megan, and we met her two friends who played netball with her on a Saturday and they invited her to church and they invited her to the life course and she became a Christian. Now, how amazing is this? This year, she's invited her parents to the life course and they have both become Christians. Isn't that amazing? That's what, that's what we're on about. That's, that's what we want to see happen, isn't it? That, that's why we exist. We exist to proclaim Jesus. Uh, and so I hope you remember that, that uh, interview From uh, from the big day out earlier in the year. Well, anyway, last week I said to Avril, uh, who coordinates the life courses and so forth, I I was sort of trying to help her be positive because I was sort of thinking, you know, there haven't been as many people this year. So I said, it's still been wonderfully encouraging, even though we didn't have as many as last year. And then Avril just said to me, "What are you talking about? This year there've been seventy non-Christian guests come and hear the gospel at the life course." 70 people who would not otherwise hear about Jesus coming along and hearing, God. isn't that wonderful? You're allowed to say amen to those sort of things and say praise God, you know, I want to encourage us to get a little more uh, excited about these things, don't be like conservative Anglicans at this point. Uh, 70 people have come and heard the gospel, clearly explained and I love the fact that here at, ben- in fact there's still a week to go, so there might have been new people this afternoon I don't know about and there might be more people, so Who knows? But I love the fact here at Bexley North, back in Term 2, when we ran here at Bexley North on a Tuesday morning and a Tuesday night, 29 guests came. Isn't that wonderful? 29 people came and heard about life in Jesus. Praise God. But I'm excited about that because that's actually a real sign of the health of our church. You see, because that people are praying about their friends and family that people are wanting to see Jesus proclaimed so I want to encourage you keep that zeal for proclaiming Jesus I'm going to come back to our second part of our, uh, our, our vision statement growing disciples because I want to finish there the third part though is that we would be serving together that should come up on the screen there we are every welcome afternoon tea I read this verse Mark chapter 10 verse 45 here it comes It says, for even the Son of Man, that's what Jesus called himself, even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now I always read that verse out for two reasons. The first is, leave it up, please leave that verse up. I read it out for two reasons. The first is it captures the essence of the gospel, captures the heart of the message we believe and preach, which is that God sent his Son into the world to die for our sins to pay the price for our sins. That is the gospel. That is the message. that's the heart of everything we do. But the second reason I choose that verse to read out every time is it actually captures what we want to be as Christians and what we want every member of St. George North to be. See, the very essence of walking in Jesus' footsteps is to serve. The very essence of what it is to be a Christian, to be a disciple, is to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ to serve Jesus and to serve others now I praise God whenever I come here to Bexley North because there is a real service culture here I think Uh, I don't know the numbers but I think the percentage of people who serve in various ways in a little congregation like this one is massive I think everyone serves in various ways and that is wonderful praise God but I just want to remind us all God has given you gifts and he wants you to use them for his glory Uh, and he wants you to use them in sacrificial ways. It's wonderful when you come and you serve here at church when you're already coming to church, that's great, wonderful. But what I love to see is when I see people using their time for the glory of God in service. I want to tell you my favourite little story this year, my favourite little encouragement. If you come to any of our morning congregations on a Sunday, you see streams of people in red shirts, and some of them are like from year nine, and some of them are in their thirties or forties or whatever, you know that's sort the of thing and they 're all giving up their Sunday morning to teach kids' church and to lead. that that is wonderful. If you go up to St. James Carlton on a friday night you 'll see all these people leading youth group and and i can 't even tell you how many teenagers there Uh that 's my worst nightmare of a job, but you might love it, but uh, but And I can't do it because my kids are there. Well, one of them is anyway. But, uh, uh, but here's my favourite one, is when I go up to pick up Sophie on a Friday night, there are two ladies there, I'm not going to give their age, but a bit older than me. And they are there on a Friday night, they've worked all week, both of them work Monday to Friday, they've worked all week, and they go up and they serve at youth group to make sure their supper and, and the leaders can concentrate on teaching the Bible to the kids. For me, that's the essence of what we're on about as a church, people doing that, saying, you know, everything in you would say, I've worked Monday to Friday, Friday night's mine, you know, I'm going to sit at home and watch whatever on on TV. But these two ladies, faithfully, week in, week out, go and run the kitchen for youth group. For me, that's the essence of what we want St George North to be. It's the essence of serving rather than being served. I just share that as an example. So I want to say to you, How are you going to use your gifts to build up other people in your church, in our church? Talk to Josh about how you can be a servant of your brothers and sisters here at 4.30, maybe across the congregations, maybe across the whole parish. Well, final part of our mission is that we glorify God by growing disciples. Now, when we talk about this aspect of what we're on about, uh, we're often rightly other person focused. So I rightly ask, how can I be a part of of our church growing disciples. Can I teach scripture? Can I, can I lead a youth group? Can I, you know, do that sort of thing? I want to focus a little bit differently tonight. I want to ask you a really simple but very personal question and that is, are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? Are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? Do you remember a couple of years ago, we filled in the National Church Life Survey? Do you remember that? remember we filled it, it was a terrible time to do it because it was right in the middle of COVID and I had to send it, Josh had to send it out to you via email and all sorts of things, we we filled it in and it was wonderful how many people filled it in, I thought we might get five responses but there were 400 adults that filled it in across St George North which is a good percentage of the people across all our congregations Uh, and when you get the when we get that data back from the National Church Life Survey, it's like a census if you didn't fill it in, Uh, it's, it's not that helpful for St George North because they don't understand that we're six different congregations and, you know, and each one is different and has its own flavor and that sort of thing. But one thing stood out to me is the, the percentage of people who said, I have grown as a Christian this year, was well above 50%, well, it was up like 80% or something like that. And it was much higher than most churches, than the average of churches, which was incredibly encouraging. And I am usually a glass half full person, I'll I'll take any encouragement and share it. You know, that that sort of thing. But just saddened me that it wasn't 100%. In fact, it was quite a way off 100%. That there were a large percentage of people who said, "I, I, I can't say that I've grown as a Christian over the last 12 months. And that, you see, at its heart, what we want to see is every individual at St. George North growing as a disciple of Jesus. We also want to see that man come to church so he doesn't drive his car, because he seems to do it every time I come and preach here at 4:30. But See outside, that's, that's what we want to see is every individual I, I want to make a, I want to see you, yourself, growing as a disciple of Jesus, And that's what I want to focus on now. What steps are you going to take to grow as a disciple of Jesus in 2024? Do you know, as I was looking back over this year, one of my big highlights was the number of people who did that 40-day habit challenge. We ran it a few times. Who, who did the 40-day habit challenge? A few, a few here. Not many. You must, everyone else must have your Bible reading and prayer all sorted out. It's, it's That was me being a bit cynical. Hundreds of people across the parish did this attempt to grow healthy patterns of Bible reading and prayer. What I really loved was the number of people who talked to me two months after that, and said, I'm still praying more than I did before. I'm still reading my Bible more than I did before. Because here's the thing, that is how we grow. That is how you grow. As you read the scriptures, as you dwell on them and pray, and as we meet together and encourage one another, that's how we grow. And that's why everything we do as a church is about those three things, getting people into the scriptures, helping people pray, and encouraging true fellowship where we spur one another on as brothers and sisters in Christ and here's the thing I just want to stress on that today God's desire for you and so our desire for every member of our church family is that you will be growing you will be growing in faith you will be growing in knowledge you'll be growing in love for Jesus you will be growing in love for one another sadly I think too many Christians after a while stagnate too many Christians just sort of get to a certain point where if I can say this, we, we just meander along, happy to muddle along as a Christian but we don't actually desire to grow and we don't actually do anything to grow as a disciple of Jesus and I want to challenge, I'm speaking to everyone but I want to, it's like I want to have an individual conversation from the front here with every person here today and I want to ask you are you honestly growing as a disciple of Jesus? And then if you're not, what are you going to do in 2024 to change so that you do grow? And if you are growing, that's wonderful, how are you going to keep growing? Because that is God's desire for you, God wants you to grow. Uh, we're finally getting to the New Testament reading we had before. This, uh, this is not my normal pattern in sermons, but uh, we're finally getting to that passage. I've put it on the screen, Colossians chapter 1. Look at what Paul prays for Christians he loves. He says, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. See, there in those verses, that is what God wants for you. Sometimes people say, what's God's will for my life? Just read Colossians 1, 9 and 10. That is what God wants for you. He wants you to grow in your knowledge of him and he wants you to grow in wisdom and understanding so that you will then live a life worthy of the Lord. That's what God wants for you. The only question is, is that what you want for you? Is that what I want for me? Remember in the year we looked at that book, The Generosity Project, in our gospel teams. If you're in a gospel team, we've looked at this book together. Uh, And and the thing I loved about it is it didn't just leave us with good intentions. It didn't just sort of say, here's what the Bible says about generosity I hope you like it, take it or leave it. It actually asked us to make decisions to be more generous, to grow in, in that area. And our gospel team, meets on a Wednesday night, we got really practical about all sorts of areas in our life. How can we be more generous? We, some, some people in the group said, I, I just haven't been inviting people into my home. It's like my home is my fortress. I'm, I'm going to invite people into my home more often. Uh, other people said, You know what? I haven't actually been very generous in supporting mission. I'm going to add supporting mission to my, my support. Other people said, to Tell you the truth, I haven't been generous in any way and I've, I've got to make radical changes. See, it's just wonderful when we actually decide I'm going to make practical steps to grow. And that's helpful because I think many of us have a vague, positive desire to grow as a disciple of Jesus, but no real plan for growing as a disciple of Jesus. See, no Christian would say, if asked, do you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus? No Christian would say, no thanks, not interested. If you do, the problems are bigger and we've got to go back to the start. But the question then is, well, how are you going to do it? How are you going to grow as a disciple of Jesus next year? because if you don't take positive steps as a Christian we just meander and we stagnate now in the end how you grow as a Christian is very simple God gives us three helps his word prayer and one another fellowship you see this the helps God gives us are those things so I want you to think about those things how are you going to grow next year well are you reading your Bible every day what steps are you going to take to actually grow in Bible reading? Are you praying regularly? Well, what steps are you going to take to pray more regularly? Maybe you could make a decision tonight to say, I'm going to try and have some daily habits I set up of Bible reading and prayer. How am I going at being devoted to the fellowship of God's people? That's actually one of the main ways we grow by being part of and locked into the fellowship of God. Have I let myself drift into what I call the modern Christian sin? you know I think this is the modern Christian sin is to not value this to, to come to church and fit it in around my life rather than be locked into the fellowship of God's people I think that is the sin of the modern Christian what do I need to change to make fellowship to being a gospel being a part of a gospel team during the week being a part of church on a Sunday to make that a central part of my life like God wants it to be are there specific areas of your life that you know I need to grow in do I need to grow in thankfulness? Do I need to grow in, in servant-heartedness? I could go on and on. But I want to ask you, what steps do you need to take to grow as a disciple of Jesus in the next 12 months? I'm going to pause now for one minute. And I'm going to ask you to sit quietly and not talk to anyone. Not even if you're sitting next to someone, don't look at them. Just look at you, just think about yourself. I want you to pause for one minute. And I'd love you to write down or type in or whatever you do or get it in your brain just one or two practical steps you want to take to commit to growing as a disciple of Jesus in the next 12 months so I'm going to give you one minute to do that I'm going to let, follow my watch here one minute on your own and then I'll bring us back together you don't realize what a long time a minute is until you stand at the front and watch your watch go round. I'm going to bring us together now. In a moment, we're going to sing. I should have warned you about this before. I'm uh, I'm going to come back again after the song, just when you thought I'd finished. I'm coming back. I'm like one of those movies with an intermission today. Uh, And I'm going to get back up and share some things about next year. Uh, But as I close this part, just look at Peter's final encouragement. Or perhaps, you might call it actually his final command in 2 Peter 3.18. This is what he says. As he finishes his writing in the New Testament, he says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. That is what Peter leaves as his final words, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So, why don't I pray that for us right now. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would grow as disciples of Jesus. We pray that we would not just meander along, but instead we would take conscious steps to keep growing, growing in our knowledge of Jesus, growing in our love of Jesus, growing in our love for one another. And so we pray that we might see that growth amongst us here, amongst the saints at 4.30 at Bexley North, but also right across our parish. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing now. Speak, O Lord. So let's stand and sing. Well, aren't we served well by Marcus? Isn't he great? Well, he's great in many ways, but in particular, serving us in that way. So encouraging to stand at the front and uh, hear the voices behind. I now want to just take the chance to let you know a couple of things to be thinking about as we head into next year. A couple of things to be praying about, a couple of things to be excited about. First I want to talk about, four things. First is generosity, generosity. Uh, At the big day out or in the year, I shared on Rob's behalf, because our treasurer couldn't be there, uh, he had the only excuse for not being at the big day out, he was at a family wedding. uh, But he shared about just how much our giving needed to increase across the parish to to pay for the things we decide under God to do. And I just want to encourage you today, this is a rare day when the minister just comes to encourage you on this area. Uh, The response across the parish has been miraculous and I don't use that word lightly, I really mean it, uh, miraculous, uh, so much so, you may remember Rob Wolf, one of our church wardens, came in, I think it was May, and, and shared about, about a $30,000 shortfall up to that point in the year, across the parish at that point. Uh, since then, we have totally alleviated that, uh, that $30,000 shortfall, uh, and we've totally met our budget since then. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, that, don't just praise God for, you know, that money is spiritual too and uh, uh, I never stop praising God for the generosity of his people here at St George North uh, and uh, I think how has that happened Uh, I think it's wonderful over the last couple of years we've seen a a, a massive number of people join our church both become Christians and come as Christians. Uh, In particular the 9am congregation at Carlton has has just grown and grown and grown and the 6.30 congregation with young people coming through uh, has grown and grown and grown and I think what has happened is those people have come on board and are giving to support their church Uh, and so I want to encourage you uh, I want to just praise God for your partnership in the gospel if you're not yet on board please come on board uh, of course there'll be an increase next year church budgets uh, in this inflation time don't go down they they go up like everything else uh, so I want you to be praying about your generosity but I, I really just come on this one today to just say praise God and join me in praising God for the generosity of his people second thing I want to talk about I've mentioned it a couple of times is the big day out in 2024 now I am uh, biased in this regard uh, but something special happened last year I think, well it's actually this year, a few months ago, at our big day out. I don't know if it was it was the first after COVID, I don't know if it was that there were so many new people who had joined our church in the lead up. Uh, you might be hearing all those testimonies from people who've come to Christ or grown as disciples. Uh, I don't think it was the preaching though anyway. Uh, but so many people since then have shared that that really was one of the most encouraging days in so long. Uh, I actually had a group of people in tears with me at the end of the day after all those testimonies and things, hearing about people became Christians uh, and if you were there, you'll know that. Uh, if you weren't there, and I'm not being silly when I'm saying this, I'm actually very sad for you. I'm sad for the people at St George North. We, we had about... 470 people I think it was in total from across the parish come but that means there were some people who didn't come and I just don't get that because the big day out is the day when we just the one day in the year when we celebrate what God is doing amongst all these different congregations that make up St George North we've got some pictures from earlier in the year Uh, we'll come back to that one there's uh it doesn't show Marcus Marcus was part of that band were you Yeah. yeah you were off to the side we purposely cut him out uh, there's some people gathered there it was one the food I had someone who was coming to help with the kids program come to me afterwards and said I want to come to St George North if you have food like this every week I said oh maybe you know the, uh, but um, and uh, there's a picture of so many people gathered and some bloke up the front talking about we exist to glorify God there you go that's familiar isn't it but uh, uh, so for those of you who don't know the big day out is is when all of St George North across all our congregations come together to encourage one another with what God has done and what God is doing Uh, and so uh, I just want to say to you please make it a priority. If you're a partisan George North be there. Uh, We've got plenty of notice so that you can arrange sport and work and anything else and the date is, we'll go back to that slide, the 23rd of March. We're making it as easy as possible to sign up because uh, you can uh, just go to the link or you can even, we all know how to do this after COVID, scan on the QR code and sign up now. So, please don't be one of those people who Josh is asking the week before, "Are you coming?" Just sign up now and uh, get it in the diary. If Jesus comes before, then you won't miss the money. So, uh, uh, it's such a key thing. I don't say this for many events. You know, I, I just think if you are a Christian and you're a person, George North, you should be at church every week. Should be a part of a gospel team, and you should be at the big day out. There's other things we do that you might choose to come and be a part of. But if you're a Christian and you're a George North, be at church every week be in a gospel team and be at the big day out. So I want to encourage you with that. We've got Simon Manchester coming. If you know Simon Manchester, great preacher, coming to open God's word for us. I have a mental blank on the book of the Bible he's speaking on, but it will be wonderful. So there you go. Third thing, wouldn't be one of these updates if I didn't talk about the Bexley Building Project, would it? Uh, If you don't know, our parish inherited three quite old, run-down buildings, this one here at Bexley North, the one at Carlton uh, and the one at Bexley. And uh, by God's grace, we now have ministries happening uh, and and we've been able to work on the buildings at Bexley North and at Carlton. And so we have three congregations at Carlton and we have the two congregations here at Bexley North and kids and youth and all that sort of thing. But all we have at Bexley is a great congregation that a couple of you are a part of uh, that meets on a Wednesday uh, but that's all we have at Bexley because the halls are so run down and everything is so run down that's not really usable for modern ministry. For some time, we've been working towards the redevelopment of our Bexley site. Uh, and I want to tell you the good news, first of all. The good news is we now have all the council approvals. That is actually a miracle, too. Praise God. So there's a miracle. The slightly less good news is that as this has gone on and as COVID has happened and as the building industry has gone into meltdown, uh, the financial feasibility has got harder and harder and harder. Uh, and the project really is now, in terms of its current shape, dependent on us getting a government grant for the childcare of the preschool part of the project. The government apparently just gives away money if you, uh, if you open a preschool so and pays for stuff. I don't know how it works, but that's how it works we're waiting on that and supposedly in the next week or so hearing news on that. So can I ask you to get on your knees and pray that we receive that grant because that will make that project viable as opposed to not, or at least we'd have to change the project to to make it viable. Uh, So I want to encourage you, please be praying about that. Uh, The growth of our church is humanly speaking so dependent on, on doing something like that. I know you look around, well, this is our smallest little congregation here at 4.30, uh, although there's other people who are not with us here today and there's plenty of room here, uh, but uh, we, our Carlton congregations are bursting at the seams. Uh, I spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago who uh, had said they were going to come to the 10.30 service at Carlton and they drove around the block four times, couldn't get a spot and went home uh, because there's just this too many people there for, for the little suburban church so to do this is so important for our, our growth as a parish view the 630 church uh, on some uh, nights has 150 young people there which is just wonderful but we need this project so can I ask you to be praying about that uh, and uh, we'll give you news in the next couple of weeks fourth thing and I think the most exciting of all this as much as I love the big day out as much as the Bexley building project as much as generosity the fourth thing sending people out uh, one of the things that brings me the greatest joy, strangely, is when we cast people away from St George North. Uh, when we see people grow and train up and then send them away, uh, that is incredibly joyful. I've been here, as I mentioned, now for 20 years uh, and we have sent so many people out in that time. We've sent people to more colleges to be trained for ministry here in Sydney and beyond. We've sent people with CMS for overseas mission uh, and I'm excited we're continuing to do that. Uh, and I have got to tell you a couple of things. The first is, I hope Josh has been filling you in on the plans for the Koning family. We've got a photo of them. Has Josh been filling you in on that? Please nod at me to affirm that. Uh, yes, so they're a family from France. Uh, Thomas is a pastor in a town in the south of France, uh, but he's wanting to be trained and equipped to plant a church in a larger city in France. Now, you might think, France, that's a first world country. Why do we need to support mission there? There, there is so little gospel work happening in France. It's, it's just turned its back on the Gospels of the country. The, the people there, is, the number of Bible Christians is tiny. Uh, and so through Australian missionaries who've worked there, uh, we're arranging for, for them to come and, and grow and be trained here at St George North, but also at Moore College and through other organisations uh, to be sent back to plant a church there. It's very exciting. Uh, any benefit we get is, uh, is great, but the real benefit is us partnering in sending them to France. So please be praying about the Koning family. Second thing, his mother's here, so I hope it's a nice photo I got him to send us. How wonderful that uh, Lama will be coming back and joining us for a short time before we send him finally to Southeast Asia with CMS. How wonderful is that? And as sad as it is that we lose Lama, isn't it a joy to see that happen? I don't want you to get a big head here at Bexley North. I do not think there is a church per capita that has sent more people into the mission field in the last 15 years than St. George North, if you add them all up. I don't think there's a church that has sent more per capita than St. George North. And there is certainly not a church than the Bexley North part of St. George North per capita that has sent people into the mission field. I, I, if you think about it, the newbies came... Became Christians here at Bexley North and went to the Philippines. The Blouses were a part of the ministry here at Bexley North and then had gone to Argentina, uh, now Lama. As hard as it is for us to send people, we go around and say, wouldn't it be great to have Lama here still playing music for us and all that sort of thing. It's even better, isn't it, to send him to tell people in a part of the world that aren't otherwise going to hear about Jesus. So praise God uh, and be looking forward to supporting Lama as we send him. Third thing final thing something we're really passionate about is training up young people uh, to equip them for ministry through MTS ministry apprenticeships in fact Lama's brother Natani did a ministry apprenticeship with us and now he's an assistant minister up at West Ride well many of you know Emily Brown there she is Uh, Emily is finishing up her apprenticeship this year and we're sending her to more College to train for ministry we're cheating a bit and we're going to keep her for another year as a student minister. And in fact, as part of her training, she's going to come be a part of the congregation here at 4.30. So be looking forward to welcoming Emily into the congregation here. Uh, and uh, that's wonderful. But also be praying for the next person, Andrea Wan, uh, as she starts MTS next year. Simon, can you click us on to the next slide? Thank you. Uh, as Andrea starts. Andrea's part of our 6.30 congregation. And I love, I love her story. She became a Christian... Through being invited to our youth group back when she was in about year nine at school, became a Christian, uh, and since then has been a youth. When she graduated, has been a youth leader. I have a special soft spot for Andrea because she has been Sophie, our youngest youth leader, since year six all the way through. She's now in year ten, uh, but Andrea is going to be starting a ministry apprenticeship next year to discern whether she should uh, go and serve in Christian ministry. So please be praying for Andrea as she starts MTS. That's enough for me. I'm running out of voice. Hope you're excited uh, about all of these things. God is good. Don't ever forget that. God's gospel is powerfully at work and my prayer is that we might all be a part of that work in our own ways next year. So I'm going to hand over to Josh and I think he's going to continue to lead us in prayer.